Helping CEOs and business leaders discover the energy to perform exceptional brilliance and positively impact the lives of those around them. Be inspired by world leaders and next level gurus. This is the Active CEO Podcast, where the ordinary don't belong. And now your hosts, Craig Johns and Ben Gathercole. On this episode of the Active CEO Podcast, we have the pleasure of speaking with a wonderful mother, leader, business owner, and someone who really cares about people. She founded Claire Complexions, the undisputed leader in the skin rejuvenation industry in 2005, and has gone on to build it into a multi-million dollar business. As a teenager, she was shy and had low self-esteem. You wouldn't recognize that now, as she is alive with charisma belief, and a desire to positively change people's lives. Described as determined, authentic, and kind, I would like to introduce and welcome you to our guest, Susie Hoytink. Susie, welcome to our show. Thank you very much for having me here. It's an absolute pleasure, and I always get excited when I see you because you've always got this beautiful smile, and it's always fun and engaging uh, when we have conversations or I see you out training or racing for triathlon. Yeah, it's good fun, isn't it? I always tend to see you in such a lovely environment because we are outside and we're running around or we're watching our kids. Or, so it's just, yeah, it's lovely to be here though. Well, that, that's a really good segue into some of the things Craig and myself are trying to develop with Active CEO. So obviously the stress, the pressures of running a business, mm. um, managing staff, all the associated things, um, you really take that lifestyle, the exercise and the lifestyle is a big part of it. That's a yeah. huge part of it. It's the, it's the only way actually that yeah. I think I can um, I can cope with the stress yep. and manage it. And it's um it's for me it's it's crucial that I have that balance. I find that if I um, if I don't have something to focus on, I can't I'm not a gym goer. I can't just go to the gym or try and keep fit for the sake of keeping fit. Right. I'm very goal orientated. Yep. Um, I almost need to have something to terrify me to, enough to get yeah. me out of bed in the morning. And did you actually learn that or is it just something that you naturally had through growing up in school and so forth or it's something you had to come to? I think it's, I think it's learned in, term, in terms of the physical aspect, yep. but very goal-orientated in school. Yep. Um, I took it pretty seriously, a bit of a nerd. Yep. Um, and, uh, and I think that um, I've learned that, though, um, to involve being physical. I yep. don't think as a child I was particularly physical. Um, I've got a family of crazy physical athletes <laughs> who, um, who love to get out there and pit themselves very competitive, uh, and they've definitely brought out a competitive streak in me. Fantastic. So obviously, Alex, your husband, mm. um, really, is it something he's involved in triathlon quite deeply? Mm. Is it something that you followed or did you have the triathlon bug and Alex sort of jumped in there too? It was our kids, your kids actually. Right. Yeah, yeah, it was actually Ellie. So yeah. from a very young age, both of our girls have done competitive swimming and done yep. really, really well at it, particularly yep. Grace. So she's been to um, a few open nationals and done very very well so yep. we've we've been those parents who sat by the sidelines yep. and listened to that whistle and um were timekeeping for so many years and, and gracie loved it yep. really really loved it and ellie got dragged into it who is nearly three years younger um so they're 18 and 21 now and um ellie got dragged into it with grace and just followed a big sister and did what as little most, sisters yep, do most families uh, do and was yep. an excellent swimmer as yep. well probably not to the um to the level that gracie was but really enjoyed it mm. But she could run, yeah. and none of us knew that until she um, we we um, 
when she was at a cross country meet here in Canberra, and um, we were. I remember she was quite little, and I remember thinking, "Wow, that's a that's a good shepherd kid coming over the hill there." Oh my God, she's so far in front. That's great. And as she came closer, someone said, I think that's Ellie. I went, no. I was like, that's Ellie. And she absolutely blitzed them. And then... Um, nice work, Mum. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Right. But Alex has always been such a wonderful runner and um, that's his background. So I suppose it stands to reason. We didn't really foster the running too much, too, too involved in the, in the swimming. So she just kept turning up to cross-country meets and winning the cross-country meets. And then she got a tap on the shoulder by Corey Bacon who said, you can swim and you can run and I'm pretty sure I can teach you how to ride a bike. You're interested in triathlon. Mm. And Alex had been at her for about two years. You should be, you should do triathlon. You should do triathlon. She's like, no, no, no. She just wanted to stay with her sister. Uh, And then she, um, and then she took the leap, started triathlon. And I remember the first training session that, she had we um we sent her we drove her to uh, to Stromlow in the middle of winter and she had this really old bike you know with Ellie we were never going to sort of buy everything mm. before she was really committed sent her for a morning training session in minus two or three degrees without the correct gloves or the you know and the, and I remember her hopping back in the car and she just she couldn't breathe she was so cold and I thought no okay if you're going to stick at this yeah, we we'll yeah. just have to this, support your yeah, this might turn you off or it actually made her yeah. <laughs> it actually made her she was addicted from the first session yeah, fantastic and then she's just um, in answer to your question she's drawn us all in so yeah. Gracie so everyone's involved now everyone's yeah. involved Gracie got involved a couple of years later um, thought she just kept watching Ellie on the sidelines thinking well that looks like a whole lot more fun than swimming every day and um, eventually she came over and then for Alex and I it was about not liking standing on the sidelines and watching everybody else compete and and all shapes and sizes that's what I adore about triathlon it's so inclusive it's not elite um, and all shapes and sizes people just having a go and I thought I need to have a part I need to be a part of this so we um, yeah joined a squad and Became addicted, yeah. And you said that you were very goal orientated, yeah. And I've heard uh, Rob DeCostello talk about um, other activities away from work that are quite focused, and it really allows him to take the pressure off from work. Mm. And so people might see it as a quite a uh, um, difficult or time-consuming sport, but it actually takes the pressure off being yeah. really so. Triathlons a bit that way for yourself. Absolutely, yeah. I um, I have to have a a, a coach. Yep. Uh, so that I've got a, I, I like the structure of it. I like looking ahead at my training peaks and seeing that I've got swim, bike, run in whatever order it is during the week. Um, so I need, and that's what that's what I love about getting up in the morning and you've got a, a training session with or without your squad or um, got a training session and then you and then you um, you go to work and you mm. feel really really good, really balanced, but you're working towards something yep. instead of just mindlessly going to the gym and doing some doing some exercises there. So it's a really really big part of my life. How did you find that affected your day? Like, did you come to work tired or did you feel refreshed and rejuvenated? It's, um, it's the only way I think I can, one, manage stress. And two, for me, it's a, it's a real non-negotiable. It's that little bit of time that I give myself in the mornings. I find what I do at work is um, it's a very giving role. Sure. Um, so it's a very emotionally giving role, both to the the staff that we have, and also to the particularly to the clients, so that that you're constantly giving out. And I feel I need to I need that energy in the morning that I get from it. I need I I very very rarely feel tired from it. That's fantastic. And do you also encourage your staff members and other people involved with clear complexions? To also be active. Yeah, we certainly do. And over the years, we've been um, corporate sponsors of 
lifeline for years and years and years. So we've done those lifeline fun runs, um, supported those. Um, very recently, ironically, that you should mention um, Rob D. Costello, but last year I was the corporate runner for the IMF for his Indigenous Marathon Foundation, which was an enormous honour and one of the one of the most significant um, events of my life um, in, in, in that it encompassed an entire year and um, of preparation for the New York Marathon, but really just getting being able to, the privilege of being involved in the um, Indigenous Marathon Foundation and getting to know the squad. But through that process, our team got very, very involved in that. So they would come and do some of the runs as well. They got very involved in supporting um, in supporting the Indigenous Marathon Foundation. So there is a really strong – we've got a, a team of, of uh, predominantly women. Um, in fact, almost all of them are women. And um, they're at that age where they do, they're going through children and um, they've got other priorities. But, you know, you open the fridge when I get in there and it's full of salads and, um, you know, very rarely do you see any cakes in there. They're, they're conscious of what they're doing with their lives. And I can see that they, they go to the gym before work or after work. And there's a couple of triathletes who also work for us as well, which is really nice. And so as an active CEO, um, somebody leading your organisation, how would you try and bring more of that into an organisation that didn't have that? Oh, I think it's crucial. So I think, first of all, um, being an inspirational leader. I think it's really important totally that you mm. are out there, you're the one who's you're talking about it at work, um, sharing sharing achievements but also sharing the journey. I think it's very, very important that they can see that you're active um, in um, outside of the workplace and so Walk, sharing that experience. Walking the walk, so to speak. Walking the walk yep. is really important. And then just also that... Um, we have a relatively small team. We're about 70 now, 65 to 70 staff. Um, but over the years, that's grown organically. So because of that, I've been able to really get to know the people who have worked for us. So um, as much as possible, being aware of their lives and what they've got going on and encouraging as well. Uh, but it's always really great when I can get them involved in anything to do with charity that involves being physical. And you see their confidence and their self-esteem build with inside um, you know, in their working environment? Oh, look, the correlation is, is so obvious. And what works for me works for them as well. When they're physical, when they're strong, when they feel good about themselves, it absolutely transcends into work. And, I, you know, you've talked in a couple of interviews, you've talked about having low self-esteem and being quite shy as a child. Mm. What was the tipping point, I suppose, to or that light bulb moment where you had the courage and the determination to take on starting your own business? Oh, so I, I guess it's a, it, it, I reached a snap point. I think a lot of people reach a snap point in their lives where they're, um, I, I always say the enemy of a, a great life is a good one. And um, we had a very good life. So we were very happy where we were in terms of financially. We had two beautiful, very young girls, uh, lovely house. Um, but for us, it was um, a real sense of, is this it? Um, because if it is, it's okay. But it was a yearning for something more, more challenge, more excitement, uh, a change in direction. And I had had terrible skin as a teenager then into my 20s and early 30s. So for me, that was a, a need that wasn't being met. It was a problem I had that wasn't being solved. And so I think the greatest businesses in the world have been about solving problems people have. And um, for me, it was about I just need somebody who's going to look after me. So instead of me going to a chemist and then to a doctor and then to a dermatologist and to a beautician and, like, who will help me with my skin, it was I need a medical professional, one place that I go to because 
my concerns and problems with my skin weren't going to be solved with a peel or, or, or a lotion. Sure. It was a long-term approach to it. But who would take me on and who would look after me? So um, that's where I thought, well, nurses do this better than anyone. And um, and so that's where the, the idea of a clinic staffed by nurses who focused on skin could bring in medical technology and were there for the journey with our clients the entire time because you need to see clients regularly and have the patience and care and, and that empathy that nurses have to look after people for, for however long. I still have the very first client I ever touched, um, which is wow. beautiful. She actually now lives in um, Adelaide but flies in and when she comes into Canberra, she's having treatment. So, And that was the very first client I'd ever had, which was really beautiful. So That's going to be gratifying. That's got to really help the it, soul, so to speak. It yeah. really is. It's honestly one of the most rewarding jobs, and mm. I think that's why I absolutely adore it. Because it isn't about beauty or vanity or um, it's about all cosmetic. It's about confidence. And what we do at Clear Confections is that we instill confidence in in our clients through beautiful, healthy skin, but it's actually about instilling confidence. And um, even from that very first consultation, a client will leave more confident, even though we haven't even touched them yet. Mm -hmm. And it's because they've, they've been able to unburden their problem might be insignificant to anybody else, but very significant to them in their lives. Um, and they've been able to share it, have a, have a, they've come, they've come in, they've had a consultation, they've got a plan and they're leaving with a plan. So um, that's what I love so much about it. It is about confidence. And so for me, it was, it was about finding confidence myself to, um, leave a comfortable life and, um, come back, quit my job, say, this is what we're doing, Alex and I. This is our new direction. Go to the bank, say, give them this crazy idea that we had that hadn't been done before. Um, thankfully, they supported us and still do still have the very same bank manager we had right back then. <laughs> yeah, you don't hear um, that very often. No, 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 no. We stick with relationships. Yeah. But, yeah, it was, it was a, um, about me building confidence in myself but in the process of building a business that actually instills confidence as well. We understand that clear complexions now is something really exciting in the future for, for you guys, for Alex and yourself and your whole yeah, team. Yeah. Um, do you want to explain that a little bit to I us? do, I do. So we've had um, clear complexions now for 14 years and we've worked together most of those 14 years, which has been a real pleasure. Not many people can say that they um, work with their partners and yep. I've worked with Alex all my life in a previous business before we had clear complexions as well, which has been a real privilege yep. for both of us. And um, we reached a point in our lives we thought, again, again, reaching that point, we think, yeah, what next for us, um, in particular for Alex. And um, at the beginning of 2017, we had a, um, an approach from a, a publicly listed company. And originally, I was very, no, no, I'm not interested in selling the business. And um, But it actually coincided at a time where it was uh, the industry is really changing. So what do doctors used to do, nurses are doing, what nurses used to do, dental therapists are doing, there's a real shift in, in this industry and it's really exploding, it's growing very quickly. Mm. And both Alex and I could recognise that there was a consolidation of, the, of a very fragmented juvenile market. A consolidation was happening. There were bigger businesses coming in that were looking to bring and um, bring together all the fragmented or Just um, a maturing businesses. of the industry. Most definitely, yeah. yeah. And it was happening quite quickly. Yeah. Um, and it actually, um, it actually obviously was the impetus for this public leadership company to approach us because we were at the time and still are um, considered leaders in the industry. 
we had six very successful clinics, um, 60 to 70 staff. We were, we were doing very well. Mm. But more importantly, we had the systems and processes in place that enabled growth. And um, I had an innate understanding of how to um, perform all different procedures in all different categories of skin rejuvenation and do that safely and effectively and to give consistent results. And that's really what they were very interested in purchasing for, from us. So you went from being a nurse yep. to starting your own business, which is very hands-on, to going into a CEO role, yep. back to a founder-type role, and now working in still in the company, which has been sold now. Yeah. Quite different mindsets. Um, did you have to do quite a bit of work around trying to think, okay, how do I, how can I adapt and work in this space in a different and different environment in a different part of the structure? Yeah, that's, a, that's actually a really insightful question because it's only when you retrospectively look back that you realize that you've had to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, when you start a new business, you only see forward. You're, you've, there are no barriers. There, there seemingly is no risks. You're just so focused on your great idea. And we were really fortunate to have the good idea at the right time with the right people around us um, being able to do it together. So for us, it was just everything was so exciting. Everything worked. It, it just built and built and built. And so there was a momentum and an energy that Alex and I had that was infectious for, for us with each other but very infectious for people around us as well so we sort of kept adding I felt like I was I was just building something like a sculpture we were just adding to it adding clinics adding staff adding technology adding clients Um, and so those first maybe seven or eight years were it was a high it was a real high Uh, we decided in 2013 that we needed to push our boundaries a little bit and we decided to open a clinic in um, in Sydney and that, in hindsight, I look back and I think, was that a good idea or not a good idea? It was a good idea because it really pushed us. What we, what we had in Canberra was working so, so well. We were definitely slipping back into comfort mode, into the good life, definitely into that. And that pushed us to really challenge whether we were as, whether we were as good at business as we thought we were yeah. or hoped we were. Right. And, um, and that we definitely hit some challenges and we were confronted. Sydney's a very, very cynical, very difficult market to get into, particularly in the, in the, um, aesthetic, medical aesthetics industry. It was, there was a lot of, um, low end laser chains that hadn't hit Canberra yet. Um, that, uh, that meant that there was a skeptical client. And we really were very challenged and that's where I had to change my mindset again about who I was and what I was offering to the business um, because I was trying to be everywhere. I was trying, we ran up and down that highway constantly. I was trying to be in all three camera clinics, then quickly up to the Sydney clinic. And I had to really, we had to really reassess, we need systems in place for this. We opened a second one in Sydney and, um, and that's when we thought we needed somebody with more knowledge about multi-site management and growth, and we um, and we actually, I stepped back from that CEO role. We were co-CEOing at the time. I stepped back from the CEO role, and we got an external CEO in. In in hindsight, I think the strategy was right. I think the person was wrong, and um, that's a lesson I will. I we both took, and um, and we had a relatively difficult couple of years with that. So it's really interesting to hear you talk about. Um your processes and your um, uh, the way that you go about things yeah. uh, need to be correct. And, you know, one of my big 
questions to CEOs. A lot of people are stuck in the reactive phase. Everyone's reacting to today's problem. Staff come in, can't come in today. We've got to get a lease for next week, all this sort of mm. thing. How do you move out of the reactive as a leader and a CEO into the proactive space? Yes, that, that is That's also a really insightful out. question because the trouble with a growing business is that you become a jack of all trades, you try and do it's everything all reactive. and you're in it mm. all the time and it's really hard to step out of it and go, where are we going, where's the strategy, uh, what, what, are our, what are our opportunities and what are our threats? But be able to stand on the outside of that square instead of being well and truly firmly in the square and just dealing with the day-to-day minutiae. I think that was the benefit of a power couple because I was in it every day in that detail, but I could go home at night or we would take time out of our day and we would go, right, where are we going? What is the strategy? What what's what's what are our opportunities in Sydney? What are they in Canberra? What are they what are they nationally? So we were able to try and test things that were outside of the daily minutiae of, of the clinic life. But it is so easy to get sucked into it. If you don't have the benefit of having your partner work with you or you're not a, not in that sort of um, environment, then you need a mentor because you need somebody who will take you out of that space and allow you to talk about things. And realise sometimes you can't see the forest for the trees. You can't see what's what's just in yeah. front of you. And it's also important to almost physically take yourself out of that space too. Yeah. So a, a mentor or somebody else that you speak to, yeah, to to remove, you know, from the daily hubbub to sort of get out and talk about it is really critical. Is what I would think too. It's absolutely yeah. crucial, and that's something I had to learn. Yeah. Because I wanted to do. I was always busy, mm. and I still am, and I still I still think I haven't. Quite got that yet? Yeah. Um, I like to do things quickly and in in the moment. I get things done very details orientated. But it's those strategy days where you do take yourself away, where you do have you lock yourself in a room, but it's not it's not in your normal environment that you that you can really see what what's right in front of you. As I say, and, and would you say that 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 physical training for a triathlon is what mm. you're into at the moment. It sort of gives you that headspace a little bit, so to speak. Oh, there's no doubt. Yeah. I can finish a day at work. I'm not a great trainer in the afternoon, but when I do, it's really beneficial because you can finish a day at work and your head is so full and I'm so task-orientated. I've got, I've got to do this. I'm a list writer. I've got to do this, got to do this, got to do this. Um, and and you're, you're, you've taken on all of that day's emotions and all of the all of the stress but also um, the positive stuff as well but you've got a lot going on and um, it can seem quite overwhelming at times I can then go and do a swim session um, which I'm I'm not a great swimmer so I love swimming but um, I can go and do a swim session or a run session or whatever it is the moment I think that you allow yourself the mental time out the time out to just be physical um, afterwards the clarity that gives you with problem solving and just perspective. It's being able to compartmentalise and say that's a box that I'll open tomorrow because I don't need to worry about that all night. You sleep better, you feel better, you're, um, I know I'm a better wife, I know I'm a better mother uh, when I'm physical mm. and I know I'm a better boss. So that, you know, you talked a lot about, a lot about re- reflection there, which mm. is really, really important. Uh, you were awarded for your exceptional brilliance with the Telstra Businesswoman of the Year in 2012. How would you define your leadership style? I think my leadership style, I try to lead by example as much as I can uh, so that, um, I, look, I've had some really, some, I've seen some really great mentors in my life as well, so leading by example, very inclusive, 
Um, and I think I set some pretty high standards and I hope I hope to, to, to drag people with me, pull people along for the journey. Um, and I, and um, I definitely like to uh, share the vision. So it's really, yeah, it's really interesting you talk about the mentors. How did you actually find a mentor that was going to work for you but still challenge you? So it's not a friend that you had a coffee over. Yeah. It's somebody that's actually going to press you a little bit in the direction that you might not be 100% happy with. I've struggled to find a mentor. Yeah. And that's something that I think is maybe next stage for me. Uh, I have um, struggled to find a mentor outside of the business, but it's because I probably have one already in the business. So my mentor has absolutely always been my husband because he has the he's the worst details person ever um, and is such a, a brilliant strategist. So he's always been able to just go, hang on a second, just stop for a minute. This is what's really happening here. It's like he's hovering above and that's what I need from, that's why it works so well. Um, and we work so well together. So external to um, the two of us, we, I've been together. We've been together since I was thirteen. So a long, long time. We've always been together. Um, but outside of that, I did have a fantastic Rachel Kelly from T uh, Two. She was fantastic as well at just um, having a few sessions with me, having a coffee, having breakfast, um, and just talking through what was happening, particularly through this, the transition, the acquisition. And really understanding was this right for us? Is this what I wanted? Is this what um, is this right for the business? Is this um, is this where we should be going? She was very very good at helping to give me a little bit of clarity on that as well. And so you, every time I see you, you, you seem to be on. You're, you're in a really positive frame of mind. Are there any habit, habits and rituals that you do to pick yourself up and get ready for action when you've got to um, be with your staff or with a client? Yeah, well, my first thing in the morning is I always do something physical in the morning. So if you've got a non-negotiable that gets me through the day and keeps me in that mindset, it is that I have to be physical in the morning. It can be as simple as just a Pilates session or it can be a run session. It's I'm not somebody who loves to go out and just, you know, go on a burner the whole time. Um, but it's just something that I can't go straight, get out of bed, roll out of bed, put my clothes on, you know, have a shower, put my clothes on and, and head into work. I find they're the days when I'm... I'm not at my best. So it's about getting into that really crisp, clear mindset um, before I hit the office. I think that's the most important thing for me. And does the same hold true as a, a leader and a CEO? You need to travel quite a bit for your work. Does yeah. the same hold true for you when you travel? You know, how, do yeah. you, how do you get to destinations? How do you manage yourself? It's the hardest thing is travel, and I travel a lot. Mm. I travel a lot um, interstate, and not so much overseas, thank goodness, but a little bit overseas, but mostly it's interstate, but it's frequent, it's weekly. Um, and when you're travelling weekly like that, staying physical is really difficult um, because particularly when you're trying to follow uh, a program, uh, and, and I find the travel can be quite draining as well. But my, my secret is having an online coach. Um, so that for me has been incredible. Uh, trying to be in a squad didn't work for me. I love, I love the people. Absolutely adore the people who are in triathlon because they're just they're so eclectic, so different from all different backgrounds, and yet you can just have the same common conversations and you just feel a connection to them. Um, but for me, it was about I need someone who would adapt to whatever I've got going that week. And um, that's been fantastic. So being able to say, okay, you're going to be in Sydney, so you're not going to have access to your bike, so I need you to do a run session that morning or a swim or whatever it is. So I could adapt it 
what I was trying to do previously was work in a squad that was very generalist. So the, the, the programs I had, it was, it was just whatever the squad was doing, but I was missing so many sessions. And that in itself was causing me great anxiety yep. um, that I wasn't, I wasn't hitting the goals. I wasn't doing the sessions. So instead of trying to adapt it myself and figure out what I should be doing, I just stopped doing it. Whereas now with an online coach that's specific, specific individual for me, um, you know, James is absolutely incredible at just nailing what I need at the time in, and being able to say, okay, you're in Brisbane now, this is what you need. Um, this is what I need you to do. And it's worked perfectly for me and it's allowed – I'm so much happier and more balanced now in work because of, because of that flexibility. Because you can keep the – Routine going. Absolutely. So yeah. yeah, absolutely. And it's what I need at the right time. Yeah, it's really good. So we all know smart people have great answers, but the best people have great questions. Mm. When was the last time you did something for the first time? The last time I did something for the first time? Wow. Okay, I would actually have to say I did my first half Ironman. Not talking all the time about, uh, and that was in uh, that was really really fun. I had always done short distance, so with triathlons, and I did that at Port Macquarie. So that was a real test. I cried into my goggles, which I knew I would do. Um, but I was standing on the side, thinking, "I'm never going to get through this day. How am I ever?" It was only half. I mean, when I look at people who do full, I just think, "Wow!" But now I'm thinking, "Wow, maybe I have a crack at that one day." Um, incredible, but good, just a brilliant experience. I'm so glad I had. James and Alex there to say, no, stop crying, put your goggles on, get in the water, you'll be fine. Because all you've got to know, <laughs> anyone who does triathlons, all you've got to do is just get in the water and then you're okay and, and you're away. And the other answer I have to that same question was um, the last time I did something, the first time was I did my first marathon and um, that was in November. And if you're going to do a marathon, then do a marathon in New York, that's a pretty good wow. first one. Um, so I did the, the New York marathon, but it was purely the privilege of doing that with Rob DiCostella and the Indigenous Marathon Foundation. That was, as I said, one of the absolute highlights of my life. It's a you know really inspiring experience. Oh, he's um he's one of the most uh, the, the wisest and uh, humble. Humble. Oh, it, being around him, it's just. I hope that even being around him, some of that humility and that and that inspiration. I get by osmosis, like I just it feel just like I need off. to. Yeah. I hope so. If I can just rub your arm, we'll like you drink out of the same glass. Oh, you can yeah. feel like that when you're around him. He's just everything he says is very sagey. He's um, the people that you're privileged to meet along the journey of being involved with Rob is um, is something I never expected I would. I, I never even had it really an Indigenous friend. Mm-hmm. I think before that, and now I have so many Indigenous friends, yeah. and I just have learnt a lot. I've just learnt so much from that man. Just growing. Totally. And he was the right the right thing for me personally at the right time. Ironically, we sold the business a week after the New York Marathon. So we were in New York going through what I would consider one of the most stressful periods sure. in our life, backwards and forwards, but it had been a combination of a year. But I had been involved with the Indigenous Marathon Foundation for that year, been to all the different races that we do, met the squad multiple times, been involved in fundraising. But all that year, we were also going through the experience of, of acquisition by a publicly listed company, which is invasive. Is uh, the only word I can think of. It's it's tough. It's 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 uh, it's round after round of due diligence, and it was very invasive. And having that beautiful, soulful experience of being involved with people who are trying desperately to better themselves, 
trying to rise above their circumstances and have been given an opportunity to do that simply by putting on a pair of runners by a man as great as Robert DeCastella. It just gave me what I needed to go, for goodness sake, Susie, you're not dealing with anything. You know, this is nothing. Get, have some courage and um, and get through that. And, and, look, we ended up with a brilliant outcome. For us, um, the acquisition has been incredibly positive, incredibly positive for our clients and our staff, our team. I could never give our team the opportunities, I don't think I could, that are now in front of them. And, um, and I get to be involved in a company that will grow to how, I don't, 60 to 90 clinics. You sound and, very um, proud. I'm which incredibly is so proud. Be. Incredibly proud. And still, I can, you know, you still have the passion, oh, a little yeah. bit of emotion about it. Very, very it's, much so yeah. because it's something that you build. And I think, uh, look, work is important to everybody. And if you can do something that you're passionate about, and I think that word passion gets thrown around a lot, but it's like it was so ingrained in our family. Our children have known nothing else other than clear complexions. And when your co-founders in it, when you're both in it as a, as a husband and wife, there are no boundaries. There's no turning it off. There's no not talking about it. It's constant. It's, it's ever present, but it worked for us. You know, that energy that we could bring and balance I think really well when I, in hindsight, look back of bringing up our children, but at the same time, bringing up our business, growing a business, um, and um, and Another, keeping a good marriage yeah. too. Another member of the family. Too, Another so. member of the family. It feels like that, and it feels now like almost when I think I can only imagine. Grace is only twenty one, but when your child gets married, that's exactly what this feels like. It's like I'm giving, I'm gifting my, my, my baby to another man mm. and saying, okay, next stage now. I'm mm. still here, still here, we're still working in it, still loving it, but it's time to move to the next stage now. I've, I, and, and I'm privileged enough to be able to be a part of that. Okay. So I think I'm going to swing away from our next question, which I think we know the answer to the things that you do to be an active CEO. So I'm going to ask a question. How influential were your mum and dad? Um, I can see the leadership aspect from your dad, who was a colonel in the yeah. um, military, and I can see the care factor that's probably coming from your mum, who was also a nurse. Oh, I think that what a great combination. And um, my mum is probably the, well, it's not probably, she is the kindest, most empathetic person in the world. Um, she is also one of the most selfless. I'm nowhere near as selfless as she is. And, um, and so she's been a great mentor. My grandmother was a nurse too, so it runs in the blood, oh. um, which is really, really lovely. And my dad, look, my dad is, um, when you say colonel in the army, when he was away a lot when we were kids and he's been exceptionally influential in my later life more than my early life. Um, definitely now I, um, I turn to my dad a lot. His, his, uh, his approval, I don't know whether it's approval, it's more his pride is incredibly important to me. Um, so when we started Clear Complexions, when you're talking about a, a colonel in the army and and a nurse, they're very risk-averse, relatively speaking, in terms of business. <laughs> so when Alex and I came to them with, we're going to open um, clinics and it's going to be staffed by nurses treating skin and no, it hasn't been done before in Australia. Not really sure if it's been done in the world yet, but it definitely hasn't been done in Australia yet. Don't worry, Mum and Dad, we've got this. 
um, that was that they were very concerned. And reasonably, <laughs> I, when I look back, I think that was probably a fair call to be concerned. Alex and I didn't see any problems whatsoever. It was all going to work. And we had absolute blind faith in our own ability. Young and bulletproof. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. But in hindsight, now I imagine mum and dad had some moments of real concern. And I remember them coming to the opening of the first clinic and they were quite concerned. But we'd already, that was a, we'd already had a soft opening. So we'd been open for quite some time before then. And we we con- couldn't keep up with the clientele that we had and we would close the clinic when the last client left. There was no shutting hours because you, when you're on a good thing, you stay on a good thing, you just keep working. I was working really long hours and it was working and, and at that from that moment on, my dad, he was looking around at all these people who had come for the opening of this event and he's like, hmm, okay. All right, I think I think you're you're on to something here. As got particular approval. I think I got particular <laughs> approval then. And as the as the business has grown, he's um, I, he's thankfully he stepped back and and been there for advice, but but really just stepped back and watched indulgently. I think and, and enjoy the journey. He's incredibly proud now, and a, and a huge part of my life, and a huge part of my children's life as well. Um, as is Alex's parents as well, same, same. They've been here with us. a beautiful thing, thing about Canberra is for us, if Canberra's like one big family anyway, but yeah. we also have all of our family here, both sides. And um, Alex's parents have, when we couldn't pick the kids up, when we were travelling up and down that highway, they would be there for our children. Our families are incredibly important to us and they're an anchor behind um, our success. Absolutely, absolutely. This might be an unfair question because I think you've brought up a number of people so far, but who has made the greatest impact on your career and why? The greatest impact on on my career? I sort of look back at it like I don't think of it kind of as a career. It's something that we're building together. The the greatest impact on my career is definitely, would definitely be my husband, Alex. I externally, I don't know that anyone really had a big impact on my career because nobody had done it before. And we were forging some new grounds there constantly. I wish I had somebody. I wish I could follow a pattern of somebody who did it before, um, but we didn't have that. So it was just about um, virtually like looking at each other in the eye and thinking, can we do this? We can do this. It's all right. Um, and lot, over the years there were lots of people who said you can't do this because it hasn't been done before and, you, you know, nurses don't own their own businesses. That's not what happens here. And they don't own chains and they don't, they don't employ doctors. You, you don't do that. Um, and and it, it was it, it was just I think Alex definitely has been the, the single biggest influence on, on me personally in my career, obviously personally, but in my career. Well, I can see that, well, Alex is here with us today and mm. I can see him sitting proudly with a, a wry <laughs> smile. So, Surprised yeah. he hasn't tried in. <laughs> <laughs> well, next time we have to bring him on the show. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um so it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today, you. Susie. It, um, some great insights there. We've got to see your passion, your, your leadership style, um, the care you have for people, the, the passion that comes out of you when you talk about those that are involved in your life, uh, not only your family, but those who you work with and the customers you have, or mm. pro- you probably don't call them customers. Clients. They're, they're clients, yeah. they're friends. Really, oh, yeah. they're, they're a big family. part of your family. life. It's a big family. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of great lessons to learn from that today. So thank you very much for coming on pleasure. the show. Yeah, pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's been lovely talking to you. You're welcome. Have a good day. Thank you. Active CEO, where the ordinary don't belong. Our wellness tip is really around the uh, simple notion of eating more fruit, 
fresh fruit and veggie really is, is probably something that we need to talk about. It feels really important and probably um, not really mentioned enough. Yeah, it gives you benefits both physiologically, physical, and psychologically um, every single day. You know, they're the rich source of vitamins, minerals, potassium, and fiber, which is what helps us stay healthy and even reduce the risk of disease. Yeah, those, those um, common diseases prevalent nowadays like type 2 diabetes, uh, the cancers, uh, the heart um, conditions and so forth can really be, um, I guess, not alleviated, but certainly you can help yourself by eating fresh fruit and veg. It's those, you know, they contain phytochemicals. It's the, they have, which have, you know, the antioxidant properties that reduce and remove free radicals from the body, which is, you know, which may help slow the aging process, which everyone is looking for. And as you say, prevents those different conditions. Well, yeah, and certainly, you know, um, there's very clear science behind potassium and magnesium. Uh, they're found to lower blood pressure. So, Rather than that whole artificial way of lowering blood pressure, um, some good dietary assistance, really smart move. And really important to get a wide range of different colors, you know, especially those really, really colorful reds and yellows and oranges. They contain things called carotenes, which uh, assist us with our immune function, which is important for us to be able to um, be positive and have energy every single day and ensure we don't get sick. And you know what? Probably the biggest benefit that we haven't spoken about is all fruits contain a lot of water, a lot of hydration. So it's a really good way to stay hydrated without having to continue to drink. It's been a fantastic show today, Ben. We um, had a wonderful CEO and and founder of Clear Complexions, uh, Susie Hoytink, and she spoke a lot about those, her leadership style, that caring for people, the passion that you need, the ability to adapt in that workplace. Yeah, absolutely amazing. And just that infectious vibe, the, the um, true love of her people and her clients, they're her family, and it's easy to see why she's successful. And you can see the rock bird of her life is her family as well. And absolutely. having them all involved in, in the business and having the background of her, her mum and dad in both the military and through the nursing career really shone through today. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. And it's really, it was really gratifying and exciting to interview with her. Yeah, so make sure you jump onto um, Apple or iTunes podcast. Give us a bit of a rating there, some feedback. It'd be you know fantastic if you can do that. Um, share the show uh, if you really like the content. Make sure you get people involved. You know we're learning, we're loving the show and having a good time, and I'm sure you are as well. Yeah, thanks for listening to Active CEO, where the ordinary don't belong. Join the Active CEO movement by visiting www.nrgtoperform.com. That's nrg2perform.com. Share this podcast on LinkedIn and be sure to tag in NRG to Perform. Leave a review on iTunes. Drop us a line with your feedback and questions and connect with us on the NRG to Perform Facebook and Instagram pages. Be sure to check out the next Active CEO podcast where the ordinary don't belong.